Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. We are back for the, I don't know, what is it, the month of, is it November yet? I can't even really tell anymore. It's, yeah, it's November. It's time <laughs> to start growing those, uh, you know, shave and regrow, regrow your beard, I guess. Yeah, I suppose for, I don't know, for, I mean, look, if you have a big beard, you really should clip it for you know, your mask anyways, because that thing needs to be, uh, you know, tight against your face on the masks yeah. here in California. Uh, the uh, you know call came down from the governor that uh, it's mandatory now. So if you're in California, look, you should be wearing your mask anyways. You don't need the government to tell you how to be safe, right? I mean, it's the same thing with seatbelt laws and helmet laws. Everyone's all mad about helmet laws, but you know, yet uh, we still all have to do it. So let's just you know, come on, let's wear a mask out in public so we can get back to the bars, you guys. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching. Um, I think it was actually The Wire. Taryn and I were rewatching The Wire because TV now kind of sucks, you know? And um, there's some bar scene, and we're both like, man, I kind of miss just hanging out in bars. Actually, <laughs> no, I'm corrected. It, it, it was uh, Married with Children, season seven, episode 12, the Christmas episode, uh, where Al gets a job as a, <laughs> as a uh, mall Santa. And. Um, He's hanging on a bar, and it's like, wow, man, that must be really cool to do. But you know, well, you know, what I've heard, Jason, is in Benicia, just across the bridge from me, I've heard the bars are open. So if you want to drive out to Benicia, yeah. you can probably go sit down and have a drink. No, I'm not doing that. It's like when you're, when, <laughs> I mean, if you miss it that much, Benicia awaits. Yeah, when you you're 17 and you live like 40, 50 miles from the the Canadian border, and it's, it's mm. legal for for kids to drink up there, and you just yes. go. <laughs> or 18, I guess. I think it was 18. Yeah, probably. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, before we get too far into, you know, wearing masks, or I don't know what I'm talking about, I do want to thank Five Star Chemicals, our very, very good friends and uh, close personal acquaintances over there at Five Star are helping you make better beer by cleaning and sanitizing. Homebrewing is sort of finding its resurgence now, which is, you know, oddly... Um, I don't know. Ironic, I suppose, because HomebrewCon was canceled. It was all virtual this year, so you don't really get that uh, really tight sense of community like we used to in the past, and hopefully we will in the future. Um, but yet, homebrewing is, is st- sort of taking off, you know, uh, um, as a result of us being sequestered from everybody, if that makes sense, right? You look at homebrewing as a, yeah. a community based, <laughs> a community driven hobby. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but. Anyway, so uh, if you're at home and you've just discovered this show, or if you're at home and you've been listening for a long time and you're not using Five Star Chemicals, you're doing it wrong. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Uh, you don't, you know, you're not be able to go to homebrew clubs right now, so they won't tell you. I'm going to tell you for you. You're doing it wrong. Five Star. It's poor, poor form for the apocalypse. Trying to use anything else, really. That's right. You, you need your apocalypse skills. Like you got to get them down right, or yeah. they'll drag your ass into the street. FiveStarChemicals.com. They support us, they support the show, and they support you making good beer 
at home. It's funny, you mentioned the apocalypse, Brian. Uh, I'm playing the new hit video game, The Last of Us Part 2. Ooh. It is. And you just, yeah, you were recently playing like games where you invent new pathogens and stuff. And now you're playing just like, <laughs> let's just get this done with. Yeah. Mow down the last of them. And, it's so okay. good, man. If you guys, if, if anybody's out there gaming, um, I don't know. I know it's on PS4. It might be on Xbox. I don't know. But it is such a good, a, such a good video game. I can't even express to you. It's almost better than the first part. It was, it's just. You're you are twisted, my friend. I, I don't know that I would agree with you at. What did you yeah, have, I watched did you play when I was it? in college I would watch people play Doom and I was just like, what's the point of this? It's so stupid. You no, just like dude, shoot it. The Last of Us part two, The Last of Us the series is is you're you're basically playing a movie. Cool. Hmm. Okay. I know it's some of the so, movies I've like, heard very movie like. You gotta just go online and watch someone play it. It's it's phenomenal. There's no cutscenes really, or there's cutscenes, but but they're they're sort of like seamless with how uh, with when your character moves, there's no loading screens anymore, really. Right. It's just, it's a phenom- phenomenal post-apocalyptic scavenger game. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm having, right on. I'm having a really good time with it right now. I, I read today that the first game takes about 15 hours or so, and the second part that I'm playing now takes like 25. So they've really, <laughs> it took them six years to make this game, and I'm, I'm having a blast doing it. Although... Um, you know, now that I have Alice and, and she's been watching me play the other game we were obsessed with, which is Animal Crossing for uh, the Switch. And oh, if you okay. ever play that game, it's very, it's for babies. <laughs> and for- yeah, my my like- stepson-to-be and his girlfriend love the Animal Crossing. They have the Switch. Yeah. Uh, and I thought about getting my daughter one for her birthday. Yeah. Except that she doesn't need another excuse to procrastinate. Uh and it also, she never has asked for a Switch. Yeah. But I, I, out of curiosity, I went to like BestBuy.com and Amazon and looked it up. You can't buy a Switch no. at any price right now because Animal yeah. Crossing is that popular. Well, once the lockdown happened a couple months ago, I guess now, um, that you couldn't find you couldn't find a Switch for love or money, man. You couldn't yeah. do it. And what <clears throat> they would hit online, and people were sniping them. They were like using yeah. uh, you know code and software or whatever to find it whatever was online and and buy it right away and then they resell it on eBay for like 6800 bucks. Yeah. So yeah, it's impossible. Um but anyway, so she used to watch us play or she watches us still play Animal Crossing, which is cute and I'm like, "Oh, well maybe she can watch The Last of Us." And it's not for two-year-olds to watch because there's like <laughs> infected <laughs> ripping out throats and you're bashing people's brains in and shit. And I'm like, "I no, I got to like I I can't. I don't know." I what two-year-old doesn't like seeing a chainsaw through a skull, man? Come on. <laughs> well, because part of me goes, how she doesn't know what it is. There's no context no, for that, no. right? She has no idea. Right. But also, it doesn't mean that it's not a, vis- a disturbingly, it's not a disturbing visual, right? And I'm sure the yeah. noises are scary, and everything else is scary too. Oh, it's scary, <clears throat> absolutely. It's a scary thing, man. But anyway. I, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Brian Cooper, what are we talking about today, man? What beers are we going on? You're muted, Brian Cooper. Wait, I can't hear you. Uh, there we go. Okay. My iPhone tried to connect to my damn headphones. That's what's going on. Steve Jobs is gonna... trying to talk to you from the grave, man. <laughs> Disconnect. Disconnect. 
Brian, what if we had one yeah, the, device that could do everything? Brian, yeah. Brian. Buy Apple said, stock no. on June 30th and sell it on July 12th. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So we have another show with three Brians on it. Oh, I That's love what's that. going on. I love that. Yeah, our friend Brian I'm Mills gonna, is back. Brian's. I'm going to call me Brian 1. Uh, you're Brian 2. And Brian. Sorry, Brian M is going to be three. <laughs> we'll just call him Evil Three. I uh, thought, oh, uh, Jamil might sue us for that. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to make Brian Shar Brian Three, just because. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Slide the term, further the down term the Evil Three ball. is here, not used to denote any goods or services, and no goods or services are being sold herewith. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's the yeah legalese there. And then uh, uh, yeah, we've got a Hellas from him and. Okay. Uh, after that, we're going to have a, a discussion about, uh, well, uh, in this age, uh, the, the beer judge certification program and uh, competition organizers have had to make some adjustments. So uh, I recently took over as the uh, regional rep for the, the West region and the BGCP. And our, our past rep, who now gets a break and gets to sip a lot of Mai Tais, is going to join us and talk about uh, kind of the changes, but also creative ways that people can go about it and uh, you know, um, he's organizing a cider exam uh, for late July, I believe it is, uh, down in San Diego. And they're going to make a go of it with, with distancing and very careful measures in place uh, so they can keep giving this cider exam, which they're in rare supply. And you have to schedule these things, you know, a year in advance or so. It's, <laughs> so it makes sense. It makes sense. If, if you can do it safely, uh, you know, to it's, you know, and, and, and the people that participate take the risk will We'll talk about all those things that, and also competitions. You know, a lot of a lot of people that w come on our show, you know, they're they're competition enterers. So we, you know, they might miss that. But uh, there's talk of virtual comps and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a it's a brave new world, man. And until we get a vaccine, I think it's I think it's sort of just going to be this way. So I'm interested yeah. to see what uh, Travis has to say about all that. It'll be good. It'll be a good time. That sounds great. And I'm looking forward to this Hellas. It's one of the beers that I actually have in front of me because as this show progresses, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have these beers. So I'm drinking an eight oh five right now. Cause you gotta get ready. You know what I mean? It's yeah. better to have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <coughs> yeah, is it though? I don't know. Why don't why don't we do a A B test? Let's test that out. Brian one yeah, of you Brian's had a lobotomy, so maybe it's awesome. Right? One of you Brian's gets a, a frontal lobotomy and then the other I mean, we just mm. compare and see who has a better life. Rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, Rock? Uh, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. Oh. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Brian of Mills, the uh, Brian of Mills, the, the Brian Mills, the Council of Brian's will conceive, con, con, convene, conceive. They might conceive. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, this AO5 <laughs> is getting to me. Anything could happen in, in June 2020. Yeah. Hey, you can't tell me what not to do. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> anyway, this Dr. Homebrew, hang on. We'll be right back. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Dr. Homebrew, we are joined with our friend Brian Mills, who has a Hellas and is a third party in the council of Brian. Brian, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Perfect. Just hanging out, man. Thanks. Sweating. Awesome. Sweating in my studio here. 
Mm. Sunny California. We're still we're still a little light out here. It's probably yeah, pitch black it, where you are. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this time of year it's like light out at five in the morning and I'm sitting there like, oh jeez. Yeah, for sure. It's weird trying to like uh you know sleep train a kid, right? And then it's yeah. you know suddenly it's still bright outside <laughs> at seven o'clock. You're like, damn, They're up all night. Yeah, it's dinner time. No, it's not. I want to goof around. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, wait until you get to, to daylight savings time. Train your kid, because oh my god, you wouldn't think an hour would make that much of a difference. Oh, it makes that much of a difference. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yep. I definitely believe it. Uh, all right, Brian. So you've sent us a couple beers. Uh, you've been on the last two shows, I think. For uh, what is it, a Schwartz beer and. Um, Meriton? Meriton. Meriton, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so let's tackle this Hellas. My usual question, is this the first Hellas you've ever made, or are you branching out? Uh, this is the first Hellas I've done. I've made the recipe a few times. Um, so like, I, I feel like it's a good beer. I'm uh, just kind of looking to see if maybe there's something that will make it a great beer. That sounds like a question. Yeah. I feel like it's a good beer. <laughs> it was a joke. Thank you, Brian, for laughing at my joke. I appreciate it. Uh, it my, uh, that's my job. I'm like the Ed McMahon of this show, I think. Ears up my tie glass. Look at that. It's a good color. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, called cross promoting right there. That's true. If yeah. I look, if I had these for sale still, definitely. But mm. now it's just bragging. It's, yeah. You know, my, made a my tie people glass. that can see it on the podcast. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, look, I'm actually recording this, so it's going to be on YouTube at some point. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool thing about making Excited a Mai Tai to tell my glass. daughter that I'm a YouTuber because that kind of impresses her. Like, ooh, YouTubers. And she loves YouTubers. <laughs> and she looks at me and she says, you're, you're not a YouTuber. <laughs> so That's right. I guess I'm not a YouTuber, even though I'm going to be on YouTube. Well, I don't even know what to say to that, Brian. <laughs> Once again, you've, you've out-segued me, and I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, why don't, Brian Shar, why don't you go ahead and start with uh, Mills's um, Hellas, please? I will love to. Thank you. And, you know, Brian, we know you're in a homebrew club because we talked about it the last two shows, but listeners might not be listening back to back. So why don't you give a shout out to your club? Sure. I am in the Lebanon area fermenters in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Nice. And if we're ever in Lebanon, just we'll them off. <laughs> <laughs> I had an itch. He scratched his face and put out his middle finger. I don't know. <laughs> Freudian finger slip. Okay, I'm sure it's a great club. Mm. I really love this beer. It's clear that you like uh, German styles, given that that's the ones you've sent us, and you're really good at it. Uh, I, I like this one pretty much as well as I like the others that you, you've sent us. Uh, aroma had uh, moderate malt sweetness, uh, some sort of uh, prominent uh, perfumey pills malt, uh, very low spicy herbal hops, I might have talked myself into thinking they were there, but I got some some herbal, probably noble hops. Uh, no off aromas. Uh, got a hint of sulfur from longer fermentation, which is great. That's what you expect. Uh, gave it 9 out of 12. Appearance, 3 out of 3. This beer is crystal clear. Uh, straw colored. The head is low and persistent. Looks like it should. That's a good thing. Uh, flavor. Initially, the flavor is malty. There's a, a Pils malt flavor that's uh, present, but not to be quite as strongly present as it was in the aroma. Uh, firm bitterness comes up pretty quick. I think it's probably too much bitterness for this style. Uh, no hop. I didn't get really any hop flavor despite all the bitterness. Uh, balance is 
poured bitterness from uh, mid palate to uh, a long finish, which I liked the long finish. Uh, it's really well attenuated, which uh, excellent job, especially with a lager, and didn't get any off flavors. So overall, gave it 12 out of 20 for a flavor that is. Mouthfeel, five out of five. Oddly, I got a little warming on the first sip, which I attribute to the fact that I haven't had dinner and it's the first alcoholic beverage of you know the last you know, 24 plus hours. Uh, so I didn't, didn't think that really meant anything. And it didn't taste, I couldn't taste the ethanol. I didn't really get any ethanol character out of it other than that first, hey, I'm drinking a beer sip. Uh, medium high carbonation, uh, definitely you know, more perky than creamy in that regard. No astringency, five out of five. Uh, overall impression, I really, really like this beer. Uh, and I, I would drink a lot of this. You know, if I came to your homebrew club meeting or was hanging out at your house, I would be you know, drinking you out of your, your Hellas, except you've already done that. So uh, good for you. Uh, there's no technical or process flaws that I could tell. Uh, so good job on that. Uh, the issues to me are recipe issues, right? So a Hellas is like the, like the, like the flip side of a Pilsner, that a Hellas has bitterness, uh, but it's more of a malt, malt-oriented beer. Uh, a Pilsner also has the same Pilsner malt as a Hellas, but it's more bitter, more hop flavor. I think there's no coincidence that in the guidelines, the IBUs uh, cut off, on the high end cut off at like 22 for Hellas and start at 22 for Pilsner. That's, to me, kind of the defining character. Certainly there has to be hop bitterness and hop character in a Hellas, but it's not as much as, as the Pilsner. Um, and I was thinking of maybe recommending, well, maybe this would have done better if you entered as a Pilsner. But then in that case, there wouldn't be quite enough hop aroma or hop flavor. Uh, so I think ultimately this is, this is really good. And I would, I would make this exact beer again. Uh, I would maybe bump your bitterness back a third, your bittering hops, uh, and just kind of see where you, you are uh, there. I gave it seven for uh, overall impression for a total score of 36. That's very good. And again, the issues it, really well made. You really know what you're doing in terms of your process, uh, especially with loggers. And that's not not always easy to do. Uh, it's just I think a minor recipe tweak would really put this well over a forty. Very good, <clears throat> Brian Cooper. All right, you're up. Well, it started out ice cold, but it's uh, 85 degrees out here, so it's warming <laughs> up quick. <laughs> the flavors are changing just like that. Yeah, um, but yeah. I really also liked the, uh, the initial aroma of this beer quite a lot. Has a ple- pleasant malt with kind of a lightly grainy, bready sweetness impression. Uh, low f- uh, floral and herbal hops come through. Um, there is a low sulfur that's appropriate for style. Um, it's clean. There's there's no uh, huge DMS sticking out or diacetyl, acetaldehyde. Everything's been cleaned up by the lagering they've done uh you know there's no esters poking through that to make it too fruity uh, so yeah good there uh um in the appearance it was uh, fairly clear and uh it's kind of a golden color uh, it should stop at light gold um i happen to know too this has been we've had this bottle for a while so uh it could have been some age it could have let the uh color deepen a little bit I, i'd like to know if maybe it was a little lighter when you first uh poured it but we'll talk about that. Um, had a little whitish head that fell after a little while. Uh, mostly fine bubbles. Uh, but yeah, just a, seemed to 
on the dark end, at least, if not a little dark for style. I, usually the houses are more kind of yellow gold. Uh, but that's a fine point. I dropped it to a two on appearance. Um, Flavor-wise, it's, it's again, I do agree that initial attack is a, a pretty rich maltiness. Um, it's lightly sweet in there, too, but not, not overpowering. Um, there's toast and light grainy bread crusts, you know, some nice small flavors. It seems like you used good ingredients and they're shining through, uh, medium low bitterness. I thought, um, with a semi dry finish, um, balanced slightly to the malt. Um, you probably get away with a little more hop in there. What I got though, um, then I, I had a little, little belch pop out and I got Mm. what I thought seemed like a hint of, uh, a phenolic spice. And it was, it came up in the belch. I'm not tasting it in the mm. flavor. It's just like this little, and then it's like, that's like spicy. Okay. But I did, did eat, I did just have some Mexican food too. So <laughs> shouldn't be judging after Mexican food. It's a bad, a poor form. Um, so it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem like the beer is oxidized or anything, but it's, it is a bit kind of dulled. I think possibly from the, the age that I know it, we, we've had it for a while. We, we, this is, this was shipped pre-COVID era in our in our world here, and uh, <laughs> then we had to sort some things out and figure out how to get beers from JP and all that. And, yeah, and we did, but it just took a while. So hand partly our, our fault there. So yeah, uh, but no no huge issues. It seems cleanly lagered. Uh, uh, and then mouthfeel, I also get a little bit of warmth, Brian, and it's a little distracting for me. Um, not too, not too heavy, but just a little, like a little pop of like there, that, that warms down the throat a little bit. Yeah. I just got a little bit of warmth in the last sip. Like maybe yeah. there's a little more, uh, maybe this is more alcoholic than initially we had thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it could, yeah. I mean, it could be higher alcohols or maybe a little bit of a bite. If there is like a, a phenol or a chlorophenol or something, just backgroundy that it's attacking the throat a little bit. And I feel I'm still like, trying to make my mind up on that. What, yeah. what do you want to say, Jim? Well, I feel like it, we wouldn't notice if it was like this feels already body temperature to me. <laughs> That's true. Even because it's so I'm it's so here, fucking it's hot. Here. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I feel like if this was poured at a bar, it, it, you know, it, it would and it wasn't so hot that I, I don't know. I feel like we're almost doing Brian a disservice. You know, like if this was a real judging table, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Would temperature be yeah. that big of a factor? Could some of these flaws that we're seeing be pointed out if this was 20 degrees cooler? True. Yeah, good point. Um, I don't know. It would. It does definitely affect your impression. I started drinking the beer when it was pretty cold, so I just brought it out of my fridge because I knew it was going to warm up fast. So I, I did get an impression of it while it was still pretty cool like a good judging temperature. So, but yeah, you know, um, overall it's, it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's no real astringency. It's, uh, you know, otherwise it's nice. Uh, but overall, you know, the heat's a little noticeable, but, um, the color's a little dark, which could be attributed to age. Um, I think that that part of the, you know, this beer has a, it's kind of a, uh, semi-dry finish and then in the mouthfeel it's kind of crisp and it, it expresses mm. itself as kind of not pills like because it's not really hoppy it's very malt balanced but it's um it's got a little bit of a kind of a roughness to it which should be smoother and i think it might be a, a mineral balance thing and i wonder what's you know what what you do with your water treatment i really like to talk about your water 
um, are using uh, water with a high sulfate content? Are you building your water up from something? And what's your, you know, chloride to sulfate ratio? Um, I would say maybe bring up the chlorides if if it's high in the other, uh, or and back off the other. You know, you can boil the water down with some RO or some uh, some distilled water. But um, you know, it's it's pretty good. Um, the what I got is a maybe phenol. I'm wondering too if it could be uh, if there's a if there's a chlor if there's a uh, uh, you know chlorine in your water or chloramines. Uh, you know, got to get that out of your water first, and or or something like that can pop up too. Even if you take good care of your yeast and everything else. But um, yeah, it seems because it seems well cared for. It seems like really well lagered otherwise. So yeah. um, I liked yeah. the beer. I gave it a 34. And and uh, if Brian and I were judging in a competition, we we battle that out over those two points we were off from each other but mm. I, th- I think that's fair for it. it it was probably a higher 30s beer when we first got it and then we just let it sit in jp's uh, free- fridge for a while right. and then it got transported again and then we got it now we're finally judging it here in june and we got it in february so i'm sorry but that's where we're at right now and i'd love to talk about your water and your recipe and all that other fun stuff yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. Honestly, uh, you know, if I it, it reminds me of something that you would pick up like at Bevmo. You know, where it's just maybe it's a little older than it needs to be, maybe it's a little warmer than it needs to be. Um there's like a little bit of like an aspirin-y bitterness that I get in the back of my throat, but it's just now hitting and I've been drinking this beer for ten minutes. So you know, yeah. I, I would I would give it and I don't normally like weigh in on the scores, I would give it like a thirty six. I think it's very yeah. good that 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 uh, Pilsner malt flavor and the aroma and the flavor are both very yeah. very good and and for however old this beer is and for what it's been through, um, the fact that those two qualities can sort of maintain and overcome everything else, I I, I think that's you're getting really good ingredients and I think you're you're handling them really well. So I just wanted it's to interject. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mills, why don't you go ahead and uh, take us through your recipe and then we can kind of jibber jabber about your beer sure i first of all it, it's good to hear that at least my bottling technique holds up um, yeah. <laughs> that's good combination man thank you uh so let's uh, flip back to the right page so this one is uh a five percent hellas it starts out at 1046 finishes at, at about 1008 it is uh 94% Pilsner and 6% Carahel. There is uh, bittering hops is Magnum for about nine IBUs. Uh, that goes in at 60 minutes. And then at 30 minutes, there's about 12 IBUs of Hallertown Middle Fruit. Um Normal traditional lager fermentation, you know, I keep it cold most of the time as it gets toward the end. You know, I do raise the temperature a little bit. Uh, I start off at, and hold it at 49 degrees for the most of the fermentation. Uh, for the water profile, I do have pretty hard water. Um, with most of my lagers, what I've been doing is blending RO water in with my uh, tap water so it's it's about uh, let's see if i can see i say about 75 percent 
RO water than with my mm. my tap water blended in, and it comes out to. I mean, the minerals are probably a little bit high. Um, it, wow, seventy-five percent to get it down to where you can use it. That's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. It's difficult. Um, the the last logger I did the the Schwartz beer from before that was the first one I started at at hundred uh, percent RO water, um, but this one with the blend, um, the even with the blend the calcium was at about eighty parts per million sulfate at about sixty four. Yeah. Uh, I did I did add a little bit of. Uh, uh, calcium and gypsum in hmm. uh, chlorides are at about 97 okay how's this water guys pretty good need some adjustments where were the sulfates again uh, sulfate 64 parts per million yeah chlorides I'm not hotter but it sounds fine to me hmm. Yeah, and I'm surprised too that when you mentioned the the bitterness that uh, you know uh, Jason and 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 uh, Brian were both getting, um, it was you were targeting the low end of IBUs for that. I mean, IBUs are always you know they're never going to be exact either, but uh, yeah, I mean it seemed like it's we were a, aiming for that low, like a 16 or something. It <laughs> uh, comes out to about 20 IBUs at five percent okay. well, that's, that's middle. Yeah, okay, yeah. middle. Yeah, is it uh, was it yeah. bottle conditioned mills? Uh, kegged. Okay. What cool. was your fermentation temperature? Did you say, and I, I missed it? I started off at 49. I hold it there till it's, you know, maybe about 80% done or so, and then slowly okay. start to bring it up. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. I yeah, mean, frankly, I, I know how hard it is to make loggers and what, uh, I'll let you, <laughs> just a second, Brad. Um, I was going to say one thing, cause I remembered the other two beers we had from you. We're like, all our feedback to you all, each time was, oh, you just got to get them to attenuate a little more, attenuate a little more. This one is pleasantly, you know, fairly dry. It's not, it's not pushing a lot of sweetness and it's, it, it dries off properly on the, the finish. So that's, that's definitely nice. But yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. The water seemed okay. I, I think every brewer has like one style that they can, they can do really well, whether it's their circumstances about how they brew or their water. Like, I feel like my, my stouts are really good, but pale ales, I can't, I can't broom for shit. There's no way I can't, I just can't do it. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, Mills needs to just be brewing, uh, Hellas all the time and, and stay I'm, away from I'm okay beer. with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too, Me brother. Too. <laughs> yeah. And you do a big, uh, big yeast pitch and everything, I'm sure. And big, yes, big starter. Yeah. Yeah. Send us yeah. some more Hellas next time you make it. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the, uh, 3470. Uh, I just yeah. keep using that same yeast. And you know, yeah. a lot of times if like right now I am, I think I have a little bit of the Schwartz beer left, but the Meritzen and the Hellas are gone. So, um, like I'll probably start the Hellas, you know, make that. And then the Meritzen will come right after that, right onto the same yeast. Okay. You know, well, we'd you, love to drink it fresher. <laughs> you know what you should do instead of doing the Meritzen on that Hellas yeast, another Hellas. 
I mean, that's my yeah. personal opinion. You know, I love yeah. experimenting with yeast and I love trying like a lot of different yeasts. But yeah, there's a lot of value to once you've done that and you find one that you like the flavor profile of to just settling on that and using that as your yeast for those styles. For like we were just saying, then you can pitch on top of a yeast cake, you can you know, wash it and repitch. You have uh, options like that. And it's experimentation is fun, but dialing it in is is pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I generally like to do a little bit of both. You know, yeah. play around with some some from you know, different styles and then have a few that I just want to nail. Yeah. yeah. How many times do you repitch on your existing yeasts typically? Uh, usually only a few. And that's that's more of a timing issue than anything. You know, it, yeah. you know if, if, especially if it's a lager and I've got three different ones, it takes me a little while to get through those. So, you know, by the time I've got, you know, a few different lagers gone, you know, that yeast has probably been sitting around for you know two three months <laughs> it's yeah. hard man because you want to you want to brew like you're a production brew house <laughs> you know i think i think as like homebrewers like you know we just sort of when when you start getting active you're like oh man if i if i could consume all this beer this would be my schedule and just life never works out that way sometimes and it sounds like that's kind of where you yeah. are we're like i could really i could really be cranking out a bunch of beer but i can't i can't get i'm, I'm just one man damn it <laughs> yeah, that that and my day job is a project manager, so I you know try to get the schedule going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that falls right in line with a lot of other homebrewers. Yeah, know. right. Yeah, for sure. So Mills, yeah. do you do you yeah. have like a Gantt chart for your schedule for your beers <laughs> of like what's happening? Do you do you do those up in like Microsoft Project? Uh, no, I'm not quite that bad, but I do kind of have a plan in my head. <laughs> okay. Good. That bodes well head. for your mental health. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mills, uh, do you have anything else for the guys? No, I mean, cover? okay. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it sounds like at least this one's in the right ballpark. You know, unless they they have anything that that can you know just push me over that edge a little bit more. I don't know. What do you guys was think? It, yeah, was it a little lighter earlier on? Because I think. It, it oh yeah, you was. did bring that up. It it was a little bit lighter, so like you know there may have been gold. a little bit of oxidation in that bottle. This is pushing kind of a medium gold, yeah, but it's still like the flavors are there, and it's just a slight bit gold, yeah. and mm -hmm. and some other things start popping out. But it, yeah, it's, it, you bottled it well for how well it was stored. Yeah. And it's been uh, been real fun having you on for a few shows. You can come back anytime. Did we, we we love repeat entrance down the road. Just come back and hey, I fixed up this Hellas you guys bagged on last, you know, <laughs> September. Yeah, here you go. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a, a hazy IPA next time. Yeah, please don't do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mill, did did you say when you brewed this? How old this beer was, and I missed it. Um, I want to say this was brewed back in the fall, October maybe. Um, it's, it's held up. So then by the time I bottled it, it was February. So, um, like it, it had it had a nice long period of cold lagering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Good held deal. up really well for that. Oh yeah, good job, man. And if uh, that's it, we'll let you go. That's all I got. All right, perfect. All right, thank you, Brian. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Brian. We're now dropping down to two Brian's on the show only. <laughs> oh, I don't know how we can yeah. cope. <laughs> all right, thanks, man. You know, if he sends us a hazy IPA, that bottle needs to be at least a quarter yeast. That's supposed well, to be a joke. I was waiting for someone yeah. to laugh. Oh, I get it. Sorry, I was <laughs> looking up something else. I'm like, I don't know what Brian's yeah. talking about. Right? Please roll the <laughs> bottles because it's full of yeast. That's going to taste great. 
Yeah. No, that's not what you want. No. Yeah, not at all, man. Not at all. Um, all right. Before we get to a break, you guys, I want to tell you about Duke Cannon. And they're talking about thick. Let me tell you, the Duke Cannon Thick High Viscosity Body Wash. You can grab $9 each or you can grab all four for 30 bucks. The flavors are, well, they're not flavors, they're aromas. You don't eat this stuff, okay? You put it on your stupid doughy body. Well, you could. And then you wash. I mean, you could eat it for sure. If you're tired of, look, if you're tired of, uh, you know, consuming, you know, uh, low-fat milk because that's all they had at the store, um, you know, you if you want to, this is America, you can eat soap. I don't really care, but yeah. the people at Duke not? Cannon do not want you to eat soap. Let me just make that very clear. <laughs> Um, the aromas are accomplishment, naval supremacy, old glory, and productivity, which is uh, what I personally use. It's an invigorating and uplifting combination of peppermint, pine, and eucalyptus scents. So if you want to smell like JP, grab productivity <laughs> from the Duke Cannon, folks. Uh, it's good stuff, man. It's thick. It's made with plant-based thickeners for a superior lather. It does get very foamy, um, which is pretty cool. And then... As an added bonus, when you uh, have a 17 and a half ounce bottle of thick, you're getting in a light arm workout, you guys. That's what they say. Anyway, go to DukeCannon.com, use promo code BREWING, and you'll save 15 bucks off your entire order, not just for the body wash. Uh, if you haven't been on Duke Cannon before, check it out. It is awesome stuff. They have a lot of good stuff for you personally, also for gifts if you have a lot of smelly people in your life. Duke Cannon is great. 15% off your entire order with uh, over, uh, excuse me, 15% off your entire order, promo code BREWING, and you get free shipping with orders over $35. So you're saving twice there. And let me tell you, it's going to be very easy to get over 35 bucks with the Duke Cannon. I like saving twice. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. So check it out, DukeCannon.com, promo code BREWING. All right, we're going to take a very quick break here, folks. We'll be right back with Travis. We're going to be talking BJCP judging it's gonna be a good time hang on we'll be right back dr homebrew please report to the er for code blue dr homebrew to the er please no and your tea time has been moved to 2 30 All right, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We have uh, Travis here on the line. But before we get to uh, talking about what happens post-COVID in the judging scene, I do want to remind you that, uh, you know, your pubic area probably needs to be trimmed. And I'm, I'm sorry, I should, I should have sugarcoated it. Uh, but now is not the time. We're trying to be direct right now. you got to go to manscaped.com. Um, and grab yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. It is much better than the 2.0. Uh, and if you have the 2.0 or have used it before, it's an easy transition to the 3.0 because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin-safe technology. So they've taken uh, the not cutting and killing yourself option and improved it, which is pretty cool. It also has an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. The uh, motor is 7,000 RPM, which uh, goes very, very fast. It cuts very, very That's fast. It's a lot of RPMs. It's a lot of RPMs, and it's very quiet. In fact, it's called Quiet Stroke Technology, which is trademarked. So you can't, you mm. can't take that. Uh, and I like the name. It's pretty cool. And the charging stand. It has a little, neat little charging stand, so it fits right in with all your other personal and grooming products. You don't have to hide it. 
um, underneath the sink or whatever with all your other illicit grooming gear. Uh, so check it out. Go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code BREWING at checkout. It's manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. There's a comma in there. 20% off comma free shipping. Uh, uh, uh. So check that out. Travis, welcome back, man. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys tonight? Not too bad. Just sweating. Right. What are you I, sipping over there? Down there. Uh, at the moment, a little bit of moose drool went old school. Oh, there you oh, go. Nice. nice. Hell yeah, man. Classic. So, Travis, you are here to talk to us a little bit about sort of how the BJCP is reacting to the COVID-19 pandemic, because we can't just be, you know, sitting home and, and, and not sort of, you know, the judges anyways, preparing our pallets and keeping up with training and, and, and processes and also getting new judges into the system. The second part of that, I think, is also keep having competition so home brewers can still be active in the hobby and be learning and, and brewing more beer at home. So uh, the BGCP, I know, is sort of tackling that and, and how to address that like many businesses are, right? Um, so if you want to uh, just keep us up to date a little bit about how the BGCP is addressing the COVID uh, pandemic and what we can do at home to sort of uh, help that out. Sure, sure. If I can first so, just briefly, briefly ahead, introduce Brian. Travis. He is my, my predecessor. I am the current uh, regional rep for the West region in the BGCP. He has uh, been our fearless leader. I was an assistant rep for the last three years, and him he was the, the rep for three additional years before that for a total of six years, uh, leading all our judges out here on the West Coast. He's done a great job. And he deserves a nice, happy, fun retirement with lots of beer <laughs> and Mai Tais. So with that... Thanks, thanks. Yeah, and, and I should preface all my all my comments by I'm not speaking on behalf of the BJCP officially. I can tell you what I've seen. Um, BJCP is is recommending everybody follow their their state, local, federal um, guidelines, whatever those may be. Sure. And of course, also you know, uh, competition organizers and or exam administrators should should use their own judgment uh, given their local conditions. So all those disclaimers aside, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm a geological engineer. But uh, hmm. what what I've seen was as we went into the lockdown, you know, we got caught. Um, you know, the the national homebrew competition. All the all the you know beers had been received, but nobody had judged any yet. So um, as the lockdown proceeded, it felt like a crime that these things were going unjudged. And I know a lot of different places have come up with some new um, approaches um, to enable judging from distance. I've seen Zoom judging happening up there in the Bay Area. I know you guys plowed through a lot of those entries, gave a lot of feedback to people. And now people are really starting to look to the future. I just got an email today from the Mazer Cup, you know, the, the big uh, mead competition in Colorado that they've rescheduled for the end of September. And they think they figured out, you know, some judging techniques by spreading things out over a longer period of time. Instead of two days, they're going to spread it over four. And um, <coughs> people distanced, having more open venues where, you know, it's not enclosed spaces. Um, taking typical precautions when, um, when handling uh, entries, that type of thing, trying to make sure that we're not touching the same surfaces or disinfecting in between. I mean, it's, I think it's a lot of common sense type stuff. But um, anyway, I think I was surprised. I wrote a little article about an exam we're going to put on next month. And then in the BJCP newsletter last month or, or this month, there was three articles from different people on various <laughs> judging approaches, you know. Um, so I think it's something that people are starting to think about how to do safely. Um, 
and hopefully we'll figure this out. Yeah, hopefully for sure. I've, and uh, I recently, you know, speaking about those, uh, the clubs uh, down in San Diego and up here in the, the Bay Area that have kept the judging going, um, you know, we found out the day we, we were doing our first prelim sessions for NHC in March that the competition was off and we're just looking at each other like, well, what do we do now? And like, <laughs> we're like, let's just judge these entries. We're sitting here. Okay. Well, we don't, we want it that the brewers to get some feedback. So we'll at least do this motion. And then, you know, uh, the Doe's club up here that, that's organized in San Francisco region, they carried that forward and they started on the, on some of the smaller categories where they had two bottles of, of each with manageable flight sizes. They went through and did some zoom judging. Um, and then they also did some, uh, they started doing some in-person distance judging with some, some real safe procedures in place. And I just, uh, just the other weekend got to finish, you know, we took a big table of them, uh, from, uh, from does and helped them finish out one of the last three or four tables they had. They just finished it over, uh, just before HomebrewCon. And, uh, so we did this, of course it was down to the strong ones. We got strong Belgians and we had to do, you know, like four flights of those with some other people that helped us. And we just stayed six feet apart. And, uh, my buddy had some, uh, uh, it's basically this, it's, it's the stuff that they put in those wipes, you know, they like to spray the bottles down with it. I don't know what it's called, like quaternary ammonia or something like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like sprayed it down and wiped the bottles down. There was no, you know, just really careful with clean towels and, and mm. careful pouring. And every beer and had no uh, too boozy of an aroma note. <laughs> I felt pretty safe. I was, you know, mm. six feet removed from from anybody else judging with me, and and you know, we were we were all right. So um, yeah, but Probably Travis, hard to remember really to stay distanced after having some Belgians dart from. <laughs> right. Yeah, we did some other nice beers after that. Uh, <laughs> our host John cracked some good stuff. But yeah, Travis has some really good tips for what you're planning to do for your for your exam. Sure. And I'd love to hear hear some of the specifics on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, specifically, I think this probably could apply to you know competitions as well. Um, but you know, I think it all starts with the the planning stages, letting everybody involved know that hey, we're going to try to make a go at this, but things may be different than what you're used to. Um, that goes to both judges as well as entrants. Um, you know, capping entries, fewer entries, that type of thing. Um, but the, I broke down in my article the, 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 um, into like planning for an exam or a competition, uh, the day of, some details there, and then kind of follow up afterwards. And not too much follow up really. But um, you know, the main thing I think was picking a, a suitable venue. Um, I think in years past, competitions have crowded people into conference rooms and things. And, you know, judges are very close and there's a lot of loud chatter uh, at close quarters. Well, they, you know, I think the CDC has recently revised some of their expectations. You know, they're, they're not so concerned about surface contact and things like that, unless somebody just sneezed on the surface. Um, but nobody will quite give out some guidelines as to how long uh, will this virus live on a beer bottle. So, the data is just not there for that. So we're, you know, taking an overabundance of caution, which for me came from, you know, a lot of people said, uh, you know, the things I put in the article were overkill. You know, this is a lot of extra stuff to go through to, you know, for this concern. But my, my issue was with one of the people taking the, um, the exam with me had been through multiple cases of asthma in their past. And he's just very concerned about being exposed to this thing. You know, the consequences for an exposure would be huge for them. So while a healthy person, you know, could get through uh, an exposure relatively easily. They can kind of play it off. You know, I'm catering to the uh, the folks that are need to be 
protected the most, I guess. Um, and then I figure yeah. everybody else, everybody else will be a little inconvenienced, but uh, you know, can can live with it from there. Um, well, I, I didn't think it was over the top, really, myself, because you just you just have to think about every point that something could be transferred from a you know if a steward was asymptomatic and and shedding virus, you know, okay, how do you you know make you know you you know part of it too was even just checking their temperatures, uh, you know, if you want to go to that length for sure. I mean, and, and asking people to, to let you know if, you know, if they get sick after the competition too. So like things like that. Did Brian freeze? Yeah. Are we, am I frozen? No, I think no, he did. No, I think, oh, can you hear oh, us? Yeah. <laughs> he's good now. Okay. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, specifically, I think the thing that we're most concerned about now is uh, the longer and more enthusiastically you're engaged with a person who's uh, infected is the, the higher chance of, of contracting the virus. So we're trying to s- separate people as much as possible, have great you know, vet- ventilation. Hmm. Um, we're doing things like propping doors at the venue so you don't have to touch the doorknobs and things like that just in case. You know, huh. Bathrooms are going to be open. Um, there's going to be signage directing people as to what to do so you don't have to ask or speak about it 10 different times try to minimize the amount of talking that actually has to happen in in an enclosed space that's smart uh, that's a good yeah, point. yeah. Something i didn't even wouldn't have even thought of either it's like right. uh you know talking vigorously like yeah. excitedly you're, you're spreading more more germs from your your mouth that way that's it's it's smart exactly i mean we're we're trying to minimize the total number of people involved period um, and then the people that, you know, other than when you're sat down and judging, basically everybody is going to have face masks on coming and going and any, any debrief we can do after the exam with like the proctors, we're going to take that outside. You know, we're going to go outside for the celebration beer afterwards and to find out or cider afterwards and to find out <laughs> what were the ciders and what did the proctors think about those. So all of that type of stuff we're going to do outside. Our venue is going to be inside, but we're very fortunate to have a, an entire office suite that is, you know, one of the people taking the exam manages a building. So it's empty. It's been empty for months. Nobody's ever there. And we have all these empty offices to put people in. So, wow. oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> the figure that goes along with it. So we're mapping it's it. It's all so, mapped out. So <laughs> that's takes us back to the planning you know one of the main things i was thinking was well if i have 12 people i have too many but i really only have eight or nine so i'm going to make sure i have a space for everybody and everybody's kind of spread out okay um and masks when you're not yeah you're not testing. yeah 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 yep masks coming and going the other big thing is is setting that expectation so i'm planning on sending an email to everybody actually everybody that's taking the test got to review the guidelines that i put out there but i want to just make sure that they all kind of acknowledge in advance certain key things that this is going to be expected. This is required by San Diego County. So there's no real way around it. Um, and so prepping them for that, we're going to, we're going to prepare a self declaration and a waiver form that just basically is them signing off that they acknowledge that these are the risks and here's how it's, you know, passed and here's what we're doing to protect them. Um, also acknowledging that they have not tested positive for COVID-19 in the last you know few days mm-hmm. or they're not, they're not symptomatic. They haven't been exposed to other people that have um, had COVID nineteen in the last uh, fourteen days, um, or caring also that they're other people. yeah that they're not caring for like a you know somebody in a high risk people group you know really high risk yeah mm-hmm. just because it, you know it's just not I mean beer judging is great and all but you know is it really worth risking your grandma's life or you know being around us bozos for a day yeah. so right. I guess it depends how much you like your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, 
So I think when it comes to the actual exam day, we're, you know, we're going to get a bunch of supplies. We're going to get the wipes. Um, we're going to do all the cleaning. I'm going to get there super early in the morning and make sure that the place is well set up. But it's, it's normally I would, you know, bring three or four helpers with me this time. I'm just going to take that on myself and do the extra work rather than having a lot of extra people around. Um, you know, typical supplies, hand sanitizers are going to be everywhere. I'm also telling everybody to bring whatever supplies they feel they need to be comfortable. So if you want to bring your own sanitizer, your own wipes, whatever, please feel free, you know, by all means. And, um, and you mentioned um, uns unscented hand sanitizer if possible. The yeah. funny thing is I found like, uh, you know, my regular hand sanitizer smells like that, you know, like Purell. Okay. But uh sure. I, I, oh, I, name I keep another little bottle in my car that was like leftover from when my kid was a baby and we'd make people sanitize their hands. And it was like baby Gannix. It's like all organic hand sanitizer. And I, I was sanitizing my hands before I went to that judging. And, uh, you know, the other guys were like, oh, yeah, I don't want to use my hand sanitizer because it stinks. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I use this ba the baby sanitizer. And it works great. It doesn't smell like anything. It smells like babies. <laughs> yeah. I think I need to email Jamil. He was saying he's sitting on a, a ton of extra sanitizer right now from, you know, his efforts over there at the beginning. That he distilled. So yeah. I have some of his hand sanitizer and it's called germ juice, which is a great name. But yeah. I swear to I swear to God it smells hoppy. It probably <laughs> does. It's I swear, I swear to you, because I, I would imagine he's running IPA because that's the most that's the style he makes the most of. I imagine he's running that through his filter or through his uh, still, which that does smell a little hoppy. And when I put it on my hands, it smells vaguely <clears throat> aromatic. So if you get some, check it out. I, I, it's it's very, very weird. Well, there's a lot of hand sanitizer that smells like booze. I was at the Safeway the, because the distilleries are making it. Yeah. Uh, and I was at the Safeway the other day, and uh, the woman who was checking me out says, yeah, uh, the, the, the checker says the stuff they give us, it smells like tequila to me. This, yeah, probably because it was at one point tequila. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Funny, funny. So – um, some other specific stuff we were planning on doing, um, at least for the exam, you know, normally I would walk into the room and pour a, a, a cider for folks to judge. And I'd say, you know, judge this as yada, yada, yada. You know, this is a new world cider with, you know, Newton Pippin apples and Macintosh and, you know, it's petalant and it's semi-sweet. And so in order to minimize that type of discussion, especially since everybody's going to be in essentially a different room. I'm, I'm just simply making labels for the cup. So I'm going to, you know, hand them, uh, you know, I'm actually going to place the cup down, you know, six feet away from them. They can come grab the cup. So that's another logistical thing we're doing for the exam. Um, not really sure how that would work for competitions. Um, and then all the bottles and everything is basically in quarantine for some minimum period of time ahead of time. So, you know, it's not going to be touched by any human hands without gloves on, you know, for probably a week ahead of time. So we'll have everything laid out. Um, basically telling everybody to wear, wear face coverings at all times. Um, then we're going to do the exam instructions outside. You know, there's a couple people that have taken the test that haven't done this before. So I want to make sure they understand the ins and outs. Plus I'm, we're doing it by zoom. We're, we're doing a lot of zoom practice now. So everybody seems to be pretty ready to go. Um, at least twice now, since things have started to open back up, I've had people take my temperature, you know, at the uh, my ice hockey is back on, and they scan you inside the ice arena to make sure that you're you know below ninety eight point six or whatever, and 
you're at ice arena so it's usually like 95 96 and um so anyway that that's something people you know have recommended um i don't know if we're going to do that for this exam yeah, taking the, the the temperature externally is is hard. I'm reading sort of a little bit about that, and it's 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 kind of an inaccurate way because your environment can determine what your skin reads, and the best way is like you know internal. But of course, you're not yeah. going to have everybody, <laughs> you know, unless you give everyone like a rectal thermometer. Um, <laughs> it's that's the best that that's the best that we have. So uh, as long as it, it's but it, you know, obviously that's not the only the only precaution that you guys are taking, which I really appreciate being a, a, a scared, paranoid, uh, anxiety ridden young man. Um, like I see footage of like people going to like hotels and they just get a quick body scan. Like, Nope, no fever. I don't have COVID. And it's like, that's not, that's not what that means. <laughs> that's not what that means, mm-hmm. man. My temperature is 73. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Call a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Someone was taking temperature of like, like external temperature and it was like 92. And it's like, no, that's not, no. <laughs> and they get let in. Like, that person's dead. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, yeah, they're dropping off. So I think what you're going to see is is people are going to probably, with competitions and stuff moving forward, um, at least, you know, some of the competitions we're running here, we're actually running a, a, a quaff quarantine cup. And so we've, we've limited it to 50 entries because we know how many judges we can fit at the venue. And we're just going to have to do that, you know, um, to be able to get it done in a reasonable amount of time. Um, and it's going to take more and more bottles entered. So we're going to, we're going to give each judge their own bottle, you know, and they're going to be for the first round. And then there's needs to be another bottle for the, the mini best to show or however many bottles you need in order to work out your judging protocol. But I'd expect people are going to have to enter, you know, it used to be, you could enter with one bottle or maybe two, three for whatever first round NHC. But, um, nowadays you could probably expect three and up for most competitions, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, for your quarantine cup, they'll probably enter their best beers, and the, the judging will be a joy because you're not jam packed in there next to a bunch of sweaty judges, like <laughs> yeah. packed onto a long table and yeah. 100 degrees in there. You know, it's going to be pleasant. Well, is that the, one outdoors too? Is that at the same venue as I saw the picture of your judging earlier, or is it a different place? Uh, there, it's going to be in sort of multiple places. That one, so they're, yeah. they're, they got okay. groups going here, groups going here to be in order to be spread out on um, patio since most of the places are open again. Now we used to have breweries that were essentially closed. And so we were using their patio spaces and stuff, but now yeah. those places are open again. So um, this one's going to be spread out over a couple of different venues. One is that office. One's an outdoor space. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I hope it goes well and I'm sure you can keep it safe. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I, I do like the, uh, every judge getting their bottles because I imagine they would be paired off. And so maybe they could judge on zoom if they get their, ju- if their bottles beforehand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You could do it totally distanced, you know, totally separate. That's great. I don't think, you, I mean, like what you're saying, Cooper, you don't need to be jam packed into a room with everybody. It just sort of makes sense to, to cram everybody in and then you get free, you know, stale bagels. Um, so mm. there's, there's that. They're free though. <laughs> That's true. They are free. I like it. I, I mean, that sounds honestly, to be honest with you, that sounds safer than like the plan for like Disneyland opening. Which just got pushed back, <laughs> by the way, today. They 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 uh, uh, they were going to open July seventeenth or eighteenth, and now they're not. So yeah. um, uh, that I think I think I think you're you're handling it the right way, Travis. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey man, we'll let you go. I don't want to keep it for too long. Uh, thanks for coming on and tell yeah. us about that. It's uh, you know I think it's important stuff, and as like I was saying, as we move forward, 
you know, we're going to have to figure out ways to sort of regain some sort of normalcy. Um, and, and it's just figuring out the best way to do that and keep everybody safe. You know, it's a lot, of, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of these people's, it's a lot of these people's, it's time to do things normal again, but I don't want to wear a mask. We, the, those, those things are at mm. opposites of each other. You can't do that right now. So we have to, we have to work together here to, to keep everybody safe. So, uh, I don't, yeah. Anyway. And, and if you want to read any, any of the, uh, the points that Travis made, any of the ideas, uh, you can go on dev.bjcp.org and, uh, Go under the um, communications and find the uh, uh, the news there, and it's in that in that area, um, news or updates or something. Yeah, newsletters. But, uh, and I've I've got a bulletin too. If you go to uh, newsletters, as a for my uh, 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 update this quarter. Um, of course, I thank Travis profusely for his service and, and for showing me the ropes a little bit. Uh, but there was also a picture of them doing an in-club competition down there in one of those, uh, you know, brew pubs or whatever that was closed in kind of a semi-outdoor space and everybody's distanced. And it looks real safe. And I would trust the judge in a competition that, that they're running down there. So nice. Uh, do well with it. And, and cheers, brother. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, guys. Thanks, thanks Travis. Later, man. Thank you. All right, okay. we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap things up. This is Dr. Homebrew. Uh, don't leave. We'll, uh, you'll get to hear us mm. soon in just a second. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to wrap things up here on Dr. Homebrew. Uh, I still have a little bit of the Hellas left from uh, from Mills. It's pretty, it's pretty Hellas, good. Hellas, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you so know what? It's, it's crazy, man. The There is oxidation in that beer, but you sort of have to get through the good parts of it for an old-ass beer. I don't know. It was, it was really good, man. It's one of those rare homebrews that, that sort of have... Uh, a few flaws that should sort of take down the positives, right? The oxidation right. shouldn't allow that much sort of perfumey malt to come through. And uh, yeah, like when you go to the grocery store and you you buy a six pack of something, you bring it home and you're like, look at the date on the bottom. Oh crap! It's a month past. It's due date. And then you drink it. and It's like, well, that's actually held up pretty well. This is drinkable this is very drinkable you know yeah so yeah that's sort of what i mean like i if, if i had purchased this at like bevmo i would be like this is still a good beer considering what's going on with it yeah there's a lot of beers that that aren't that way You're like oh you can tell it just wasn't made good not that it didn't hold up anyway um and then big yeah. thanks to travis for coming on and telling us a little bit about i think what we can see <laughs> More in competitions across the the country with BGCP, not just in his that he or his uh, exam that he's running in San Diego or any t- you know uh, judging or whatever that he's doing, but it just sounds like this is this is sort of the way forward at least at least for now. So um, yeah, people have been forced to be creative, and you have to find ways to keep doing some of the some of the normal things you've been doing, but in a smart way, and yeah. keeping everybody safe around you as much as you can. Absolutely, realizing the risk, but you know, hey, we can we can still do something here. Yeah. All right, we're going to take off here, everybody. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you guys sticking around. If you want more entertainment like this, well, we have, I don't know, 175 shows or whatever we're up to yeah. now. Uh, in the backlog of Dr. Homebrew, also on the brewingnetwork.com. We ha- <laughs> the crows are coming, man. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I can't, I can't 
I'll get my pellet gun. Yeah, please do. Mm. Uh, we have the session. Uh, we have all sorts of fun stuff. Bruce Strong, I know when this is released, there's a new episode of Bruce Strong, which is homebrewing for competition, so it kind of comes right in, uh, dovetails nicely into this conversation. Anyway, uh, thanks a lot, everybody, and until next time, wear your mask. And email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com if you want to send us beer. Yes, do that, too. Please do. We're looking for a few good beers. (laughs) Bye-bye.